Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Russell Gilbrook. I so enjoyed tonight, mate. Uh, not because he's a drummer. He's a beautiful human being. 100%. Straight from the word go, you could see how passionate he was, how driven he was. Felt like we were cut from the same cloth, man. You know, just how music is his life. It's everything. Um, and it was so, it's so great to see that. You know, when you see people who literally have been on the block, have done it, done it all. Um, but he's still got that passion and drive, man, that desire. It's incredible. Done it all. I mean, for anybody um, listening to this, uh, it's available as well also to see on YouTube, episode 75. But yeah, I don't mind spoiling a little bit. I mean... For somebody to say they, they, they basically entered the drumming world at two um, mm. without giving too much away was an incredible story. Um, yeah, that, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I genuinely didn't know about his journey and how he got the jobs that he had, um, yeah. which is incredible, man. I mean, you think where we were at that age, and it doesn't matter your background, like you, your dad influenced you, my dad influenced me with music, but the fact that he was actually a professional musician at 12 do, do, do you know six yeah. years was his first paying job um yeah. unbelievable man you know and, and like i said i don't want to give too much away of the episode but they're just little highlights of what amazed me about this yeah we really got to see a side of wrestle um that i've never seen before and that, that's kind of what's happening with crowcast you know you are seeing people talk about it's more about their personality coming through than actually their profession and this is why i love what doing what we do like it's brilliant yeah and for anybody who listens to this because i was thinking about it when he kind of left um he kind of chucked it back to us and give us so many compliments that i didn't know what to say back because crowcast mm -hmm. is our way of kind of sitting down getting to know other people and i think without realizing it, which a few people have complimented myself and you, and it's, it's worth saying, we don't try to talk about ourselves too much. Do you know what I mean? Because a few people say, oh, it's nice to come on, and, you know, it's not always about the person, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, And it is hard to do that without referencing your own experiences sometimes. So when he threw it back tonight, and it was just nothing but love off Russell, I, I didn't know what to say back besides no, that. Oh, man, it was, yeah. it was wonderful. It's that mutual respect, isn't it? You know, and um, we respect what he does, and, and, you know, he says the same. So, yeah, that was that was truly lovely. Like, what a lovely guy. Lovely guy. Should we get into it? Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast podcast Should we have a guest? <laughs> let's have a guest ladies and gentlemen crow family please welcome the drumming machine that is mr russell gilbrook <laughs> yes there he is there he is how are you, Russ? I'm fine, thank you very much. Thanks for um, inviting me on your show. Fantastic stuff. Oh, man, absolute pleasure to have you Fantastic. on, dude. So where are you? So right listen, now? listen, I've got to stop by saying, uh, Go well done, congratulations, fantastic stuff on the uh, your um, castle gig in your homeland, yeah. which I'm sure 
uh, went down well, as well as Steelhouse. The uh, reports we got back from you guys really did kick some serious ass deal out, which was fantastic. So you're um, feeding through the industry um, just it's you know we're hearing great things about you. you your performance was fantastic you're a great live band which is always a credit to any band it's always you know having great songs having a good album is one thing but if you can deliver it to your fans and to the people well you've got opportunity really russ thank you man that means a world coming from you dude you That's know, no you, you, i really really appreciate that but i mean steelhouse i mean if you want to start there but steelhouse you headlined that. How was that for you? Well, it was a strange turn of events, but um, yeah, I mean, we, after having 18 months off, um, yeah. which has been torture as it has for the world of the music business, I mean, absolute torture. I mean, I don't mind telling anybody I hit lows like you wouldn't believe. I've never hit them in my life ever as a human being. And, uh, to wait for the time to get out and play in front of people again. Because music, there isn't a quality like music that touches people, the connection that you have. Um, it's something when it's taken away like that, my God almighty, it's, you may as well have died. It is incredible. And to come back and play such fantastic um, gigs and certainly with the Steel House, the people, it was like having your own family party. I mean, yes. the, the, the joy, the the embrace, uh, embracement from everybody and just that whole feel of they were ready for it and they'd been suppressed themselves for so long. It was, oh, it was, I can't tell you just how fantastic it, it was. I actually had tears in my eyes, I think, after the first song um, because I couldn't believe that we were back doing something that we were waiting for. You know, we were told three months initially that we'd have to wait, and it went on and on and on and on and on. I didn't know who was coming back. Yeah. I didn't know who was going to survive it. So it was a very emotional and beautiful uh, moment to come back there. And uh, as I said, Wales is just fantastic. The people just love it, mate. So it's yeah. joy. Yeah, mate, I, I, I sense the same sort of thing when we were on stage. I've never been in a situation where... I have felt so connected with the audience because every single person on the planet has been through this shit. And and yes. it was it was literally I felt exactly the same as the person in the front row, the the fifth row back. You know, we were all on the same page. It was truly some in that that gig in, in Steelo. So yeah, totally uh, echo what you said there, bro. It was a special one. And and to and to, you know, the the, the um all the promoters that have managed to get their um festivals up and running a yeah. huge thanks to them because they've gone through hell they've made it work they've been supported by the fans they've been supported by the management the artists the promoters the crew everybody has to have a huge round of applause to try and get things up and running again so it's fantastic all around yeah well we've been learning that to be honest russell where you think right okay everybody's back now absolutely brilliant and the crew get back you know there's been a lot of them suffering had to get other jobs to survive and um and you think right this is great and then you realize no it is back but 
you know, we can't get this amount of staging because there's X amount of festivals happening all at the same time now. Or, mm. you know, even even vans or everything has just become so much harder. So you are right to get it over the line and, and mm. especially some of the bills that we're seeing happening at the moment to, to coordinate that and bring it all together. You're right, it is a, it is a round of applause by there, like, you know, and we, we laughed. We did a, the first gig back was the, the download pilot and I know there was a lot of technical issues behind the scenes and stuff, but we were saying not just the crew have had time off, not just the bands, the gear has been put away for like 18 months. Like, you know, uh, yeah. it's crazy yeah. when you just think about the most minuscule thing. It's different for like myself or you or the boys bring out the keyboards, the, the pianos, the, the, the guitars, the drum kits in the house or you, or you lock up. But some of these, some of these leads and etc. have just been in cases for like eighteen months and all dusted. And you know what I mean? It's it's fucking mental, mate. How um, just everything just stopped, like you said. So, mm. and you hit. I you, know. You said you hit some lows. Did you did you not manage to see anybody? Were you were you isolated more or? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, I, I mean, you know, I don't mind um, telling anybody. I don't care. I shoot from the hip. I tell people exactly the way it is. You know, I hit rock bottom. I hit the bottle hard. Um, I had really, really bad times and um, I got out of it, but I really feel sorry for a lot of people that perhaps didn't get out of it and a lot of people that went through the same times as me because, you know, it, it's a very, I can explain it, it is your life, it's your life. I've been playing drums since I was two. I, I started having lessons at four, earning money at six doing the West End shows in London when I was 12, it's been my whole life. And when someone completely wipes that away from you and then locks you in your house, you can't go here, can't go there, can't do that. Um, where do you go? What do you do? There's no way out. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And it's very, very emotional. Um, and I'm just so pleased that we've got to where we've got. Um, and for everybody's sake, as I said, you know, for the fans, for people in general, music is such an important therapy for yeah. artists, for um, the fans, for people, for man, for everybody involved in the whole thing of it, which is, let's not forget, it's a multi-million pound business that got ignored by so many governments for so many stupid wrong reasons. They suppressed the one of the most beautiful things yeah. that gets people out of depression and out of their problems. Uh, and so it became a very difficult thing. But anyway, that was that. This is now. We're all kicking ass. And we can't <laughs> wait to go forward right, and giving people back what they missed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love that. But I, just to go back half a step, don't you find that you were still drumming, though, were you, in the isolation? No. Not at all? No, I wasn't. I didn't I drum for ask, a year. I wanted to ask her, because there's a lot of musical friends that we got. We're, we're very fortunate, and we've managed to, like, like I got li drums in the background, but you built a little home studio. I had to adapt it in COVID, man, because it was driving mm. me nuts. I got a V kit, which is nothing wrong with electric drums, but I just wanted to play a real kit, like. Course, and you yeah. know that vibe where you're like, I yeah. just want to... Just want to hit metal and fucking just want to hit, you know what I mean? So yeah. um and like the boys manage with they all got home studios you can see with Shane and the other boys, but mm -hmm. yeah, I know so many musicians who were like, No, I didn't get the chance, especially drummers, it's hard for drummers as well. Who if you haven't got um a home studio or or access to a lockup, especially in that environment, it must mm. have drove you fucking stir crazy, like you know, it's um yeah. Well, yeah, but as I said, it was a really it was because potentially 
everyone thought it was going to be a short amount of time of isolation or lockdown. Mm. It went on and on and on. And the more it went on, the more depressed you got. And then because there was no like, well, when can we do this? Oh, we might not be able to do this. It, well, why should I do it? It became that to me. It was like, well, why, why the hell have I got to try and find out of practice when I don't even know when I'm going to be playing next? Yeah. Because it got to the stage of this could be never. So what the hell is the point? And if it goes, what the hell is the point with drink? The drink exaggerates. Well, there's no point then. And yeah. you start going down a rabbit hole, which is yeah. what I did. Because I saw my life being cut off so drastic that mm. I had nothing. I couldn't practice. I had no reason to practice. What am I practicing for? There's no gigs. What am I practicing for? I've got no recordings. I've got nothing. I've, I've got nothing. So yeah. it literally was a bit of a, a knockback. But um, yeah. I did end up getting myself together. Um, and then I did end up doing a few recordings for different artists and bits and pieces. And slowly things started to get a little... When I first went back, I, I can't tell you. It don't, matter, it don't matter how good you are as a player, mate. You have a year off. You notice you have a year off. And my, my brain was going one, two, three, four. And my body was going maybe one, maybe two and a half. Three, but, and after the first two hours, I was going... Do I know how to do this shit or what? What's going yeah. on here? Yeah. But after after that, I got into it, and then I, I got the buzz back, and then um, it started to open up a little bit, and then we've got the album, obviously, we're working on this, so I had a lot of time to do some writing and bits and pieces and sort things out. So that sort of forced me through the lull, and um, now we're... Now we're hopefully, I hope, we're out, and we're going to be going forward and forward and forward, and... Uh, Nice things are going to happen. So, what was the first live show, Russ? You did back in Finland. In Finland, we had we had. Uh, um, was it Finland? <laughs> I can't remember now. <laughs> 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 I mean, because we're doing pre-production, my yeah, head is yeah. like song, 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 arrangement, 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 arrangement. I can't remember what the first week was. Because um, <laughs> you did, you did steal us. No, did you do Steelhouse then go to Finland and? That's what I was trying to work out because I knew you were in Finland because that's right. We had yeah, we had some festivals in Finland to do, and Steelhouse was among them. And I think yeah. Steelhouse was the first show we did. So right. the first one back was Steelhouse, and then we flew out to Finland. So yeah. we ended up having a rehearsal of which um, you have like. Um, a whole day's rehearsal, but with this band, it never happens like that. So we had like a three-hour three hour rehearsal <laughs> after not playing for 18 months. And then we went and did the live show at Steelhouse. That was it. Steelhouse was the first show, yeah. And it was incredible. Um, and then we literally flew out the following week. Um, we had two shows in Finland, two festivals, came back for a week, flew out and did three festivals. And of course, every time we did, it was great going through Heathrow, there's no one there. It's straight through security. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Um, but we actually obviously have to do the old PCR test, all that bit. So when we got to Finland, we had to do their PCR test in the hotel to go back for their check-in so we can get out. But of course, everything was uh, fine. It was all negative for us. That was the only palaver. Everything else was a 
a dream. No queues at security and everything like that. It was fantastic. And and again in Finland they were um, absolutely you know ecstatic that yeah of course they can get out and listen to music yeah I have seen some of the photos man it looked brilliant yeah. uh, it was right so that, that was great great fun and now we're in pre-production which is going fantastic and um, we record the next hour well basically we're doing pre-production a couple of weeks go home for a week come back and record for three weeks with the fantastic Jay Rustin producer. That's good mates with Andy Sneap. Um, and then um, wait for the record coming to release it in the next 10 years. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, record, record companies have their, their power to say whatever they want to say. The main thing is we're going to put down some great tracks with a great producer and hopefully produce an album that the uh, fans and newcomers will thoroughly enjoy, as you guys well know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you're excited, but you, you, the stuff you hear in the room right now is getting you buzzed. Oh, I tell you, you what, the drums sound fantastic. Yes. Um, the drum, obviously, the drum room make the drums sound fantastic. So I'm just like, oh my god! I wish people, all the people, would understand. So I'm putting down some killer tracks. The arrangements are sounding great. The guys are playing great. We're all excited about the the new tracks. There's never not a problem, there's not arguments, it's not arrangement issues, it's all going down really nice and smoothly, uh, so I'm very, very excited, I just can't wait, because I picked Jay up from the airport uh, on the 12th, and um, we'll have a little chat coming up here, and he's fant- he's old school, he's fantastic, don't have to play to a click if you don't want, I nearly fell over sideways, <laughs> <laughs> no damping on the kit, I nearly fell over the other side, it was unbelievable, I couldn't, hang on, can you say that again? So, <laughs> click isn't uh, important, and damping the drums down so they sound like cardboard crap. I was like, flipping hell, this guy would have marry you. You know what I mean? So, um, it's great to work with someone like And also, the drum fills. I said, you know, I've got a few Larry drum fills I might have to put in. Is that if they're in time, you can do what you like. Is this, is this reality? <laughs> Brilliant. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. Uh, like, you know, because it, it's, it's one of those things, but, you know, you've been in the game a long time, you experience, you know what you're doing, obviously. But I suppose coming back now and doing an album straight off the back of this 18 months, you know, sitting on the bench, so to speak, all that passion now, all that energy right. is going straight into that album, dude. That's exactly right. The good thing about the lockdown was we had obviously time to write because on the yeah. road, it's very difficult to allocate time, which record companies don't understand. But yes, you're quite right. I mean, we want to make a killer album and all of that suppressed yeah. energy, passion, emotion has come out in the songs, in the playing. And I think that's going to work in the favour. Let's hope. Yeah. Well, I can't believe it, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm sold. I'll buy it. So you, so you said you're having a week off, then three weeks recording the record. Is that the live done for the rest of the year, or are you are you still going to pop out? Because I mean, you were supposed to be doing the record, and you just played Stone Dead on the weekend, didn't you? Fair play. You ended up bedlining, which is well, yeah. brilliant to hear that. We heard that. See, so we were like, you're right, a heap of step in. It was like, I thought they were recording their record. <laughs> I know. Well, it was a little bit of uh, to and froing on it because Black Star Riders with the, the COVID thing, it was yeah. a bit on, off, on, off, on, off. And, you know, they got the same um, management as us. And 
we'd originally got asked about it and of course we said yes but because of the obviously you know a promoter wants a certain band and the band wants to play you, you, you're trying your best to make that work so tentatively we said yes we would be prepared to do it of course we would um it's a little bit on and off and obviously we were here and then it came up yes can you can you do it um and it wasn't really that difficult for us to just strike down some of the gear here and move it there um but obviously it, it was a great thing for us to step in oh it's amazing and do the the festival which we've never done before um and we had a few technical issues the poor boys there uh struggled a bit with the the stage because the uh, a couple of guys that were going to rig the big stage had uh, some COVID issues, so they had to end up getting a smaller stage, and it caused a few issues in this and the other. But great festival again, superb festival. The people there are phenomenal, mate. I tell you what, not obviously volunteers and that, but they really do. So polite, they're so warm and friendly, and everything. And it make you know what it's like when you do a gig. It's not just the artist or the crew or the management. It's everybody in the team. It's from the guy that lets you in on the stage door. Yes. If everybody gets on with everybody and makes it smooth running, then the whole ship works great and it becomes a very enjoyable moment or gig or whatever it is. Yeah. But it was great to do Stone Dead. Uh, we just quickly took guys out, came back here, and as I said, we full on again. Um, we're down, we've done, uh, how many tracks have we done? Oh, we've done 10, we're just about to do 11. And um, I go home, the boys go home, week off, pick the producer up, come back, do it for real. <laughs> um, try and create and capture that. Because I always like the, the first things. Because after the third and fourth thing, it becomes a bit, Absolutely. you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But when it's really raw... The magic is still firing around, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and uh, so hopefully we can catch some of that and, and turn out a great record. Let's hope. We we did it a bit different on our last record, Russell. We um and for me as a drummer, it was it was such a really good vibe. Um so when we went to Andy's, he had we had two kits set up. So we had one in the rehearsal room and then one which they'd done all the mic in and you know, you're not there for hours, just fucking hitting the snare drum. Every everything mm. was done. And then when we were doing the pre-production or we were just going over the certain songs, etc., if there was something quite not right, we get it to that point. You know when there's like a real a buzz and an energy and, 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 and like I keep saying, electricity to the song where it's that mm. new song vibe and you've got that adrenaline as a drummer because you're like, oh, that sounds fucking great. Well, I'm going to push for there. I'm going to... As soon as they yeah. felt that essence was there, you could see like they were like, right, get into the other room. Let's go and record. So we would go in hot then and before I would like calm down, we'd, we'd almost capture, capture a lot. Oh, man, it was such a cool way of doing it. Um yeah. And I'm open to recording anyway. I just really enjoyed that because you, the boys could see me walking around and it was almost like the right amount of time to let me settle, but not too much because I was still still fucking pumped. Fired up, you know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it was well, right off the back of that, like I said, that new song vibe. If there was like little arrangement changes or anything we were doing different, it was just like, right, everyone happy, bang, get the drummer in there now. And you're like, fucking right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think... You know, when you play live, the whole point of playing live is how good a band plays together to put across a song that hasn't had too much 
production on it where they can't portray what they've done in studio life. But in a recording, I totally agree, in recording, you're trying to capture the magic and any tricks in the trade that help an artist or a band collectively capture that magic moment. Because once it's on record, that's it. It's yeah. done, a done deal. You've got rewind here again. You've got rewind here again. And what you hear is what you hear. You can't do anything about it. Um, and I think that's just, that's always been this, the hardest thing to capture with rock bands is the organic sound of a, a rock band playing together, but also the magic of the chemistry that works within that band. If you can capture that, because that relates. When something's funny and we all laugh because we're human, when it's something sad, we all cry because we're human. And that's what music should do. It hits the emotions. Joe Bloggs doesn't know why, but you're hitting their emotion. And if you can do that musically, to me, that's a winning formula. So I agree with what you said. You found a formula to try and create and don't lose that magic. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. Do you record rest? So how, how are you doing this album? Are you recording all together as a band? or you? Yeah. Are you, yeah? So the backing track goes down as a band. Yeah. So that, so that we can create... Um, the correct feel and vibe and magic as a backing track. And then obviously other aspects will go on top. But the main core, because to me, it's all about the groove, the energy that has to be done as a band. You can't do it as, a, as an individual. Yeah. Not, not when you're putting the backing track down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. And you said earlier you started playing drums at two. Is that yeah, correct? I was just yeah, you know, I was just crawling around, um, and I I used to get little plastic um, uh, bowls out with two s tablespoons and start tapping to the melody melody of the uh, uh, songs on the radio and stuff. And uh, I was born with club feet. See, I was born with my feet upside down and inside out, so my feet had to be broken and reset. So I can't play bass drums like normal people because I've got no pivot in my foot. I have to play like um, like that basically. So my oh. um, my um, when I'm sitting down, I just raise my leg and put it down. I can't I can't do this. I can't do a pivot. Um, but so I used to drag myself around, and my dad played piano um, semi professionally, but he was a good player. And when he used to tap his foot when he's playing for the time, I used to go over there and put my hands on it. And then when my mum did the hoovering, I used to crawl over and put my head on the hoover because of the vibrations. And that's really what set them off to say, oh, I might have a drummer here. So they took me for lessons when I was four. And I started, and I started having lessons when I was four. And as I said, I was in a band when I was six, earning £30 a week. And then I was doing Jesus Christ Superstar at the West End when I was 12, sight reading it. I couldn't do it now, but I could do it back then. And I got taught to read music. And reading music to me was nothing. It meant nothing to me. But I read music and I played well, but it didn't mean anything. And I got my ass roasted by my teacher who gave me a, a high-profile professional gig. And I went in and I nailed the reading. And I thought I'd done great. I was like 16 years old. Oh, I nailed that. And they turned around and said I was shit. I went... I went my next lesson, and Bob told me, I said, you were shit. I went, I nailed it. He said, yes, you did, but you played shit. What do you mean? I'm going to teach you about feel now, boy. 
And that's what it was. I played all the right notes, but they meant nothing. So he gave me Steely Dan and Toto and, you know, and Motown and this, that, and the other. Understand why they play what they play, how they do it, to understand how to create and make people do If people don't do that, it's got nothing. It ain't swinging, it ain't grooving. You've got to learn to swing and groove. You'll always win the day if people are moving their heads. And then I, I so I honed it. So all the time I've been learning how technique and playing and reading and doing everything right, but not playing music, not swinging and grooving. And then um, I learned how to do that, and it completely, it was a game changer for me, obviously. You know what I mean? That's the Yeah. To me, it was like, well, I'm not interested in technique now because at the end of the day, it's about the swing and the groove. Of course it is. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you you instinctively had the percussion you were interested as a kid, because normal people, when we ask what what, what your influence is, they normally say, oh, I listen to the radio, I watch TV, or I went to a gig and I hear this. But you had the instinctive, I don't know, rhythm, I guess. Yeah, that's right. That's... And then mom... from the bands later on after it. Yeah, I mean, I was literally the opposite. You know, I was literally crawling around and tapping on plastic bowls. And obviously after quite a few months of that, Mum and Dad had a little chat and said, well, wait a minute, I think we've got a bit of a drummer in the house because he keeps doing this, he keeps holding my foot like that, and he keeps going over the vibrations on the hoover. You know, and I can't be influenced at two years old, for Christ's sake. I don't know anything. Yeah. And so it was at four, I had my first lesson, and um, it, it went on from there. And even at four, even at six, the only person I looked up to was my, my dad and my drum teacher because at that age... I'm not going to listen to bands. I don't know what, what the what the bands. I don't know, understand music at that age properly. Yeah. So I just idolised my teacher because he played fantastic uh, instrument. I wanted to learn, and obviously my dad because him being my dad and um, me getting rhythm from him playing and stuff. You see, so that's how it went really. So wow. I didn't, and, and to this day, when people ask me about influences, I have to say, I don't have an influence. I can't not have an influence. Well, I don't have an influence because I went from, you know, I, I was playing with famous people when I was a kid, you know, and I just fell into playing drums and moving into this gig and doing that show and, and, and that cabaret and that TV and that recorder, but I just fell into it. And then when I started to understand more about drumming, you know, the people, I loved Harvey Mason as a drummer. I loved Buddy Rich. I loved Louis Belson, Gene Krupa, Baby Dodds. I loved Simon Phillips, Vinnie Cullis. And I love everybody. I love how the drums sound. It's the drum sound that works for me, not jazz, rock, punk, nothing, nothing to do with that. It's for how people play an instrument or how an artist. But I, I love um, Earth, Wind & Fire as much as I love Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. yeah for yeah, different yeah. reasons. For different reasons. You know, because mu- music hits me as a whole thing, not a, a segment of something, you know? Yeah. That's why I've done all those gigs. You know, I toured with Europe's number one jazz and blues guy, Chris Barber, for five years. I did Alan Price from The Animals for six years, Van Morrison, you know, I did a, a demo with uh, Tony Iommi. I've gone, I've lit the large show, the comedians. I mean, I've done 
nearly every gig known to man, and I've loved every single bit of it because they've all given me something that's unique to their own little thing. And it's helped me create myself, I hopefully, as a musician that I am now. When I did the first album with Uriah Heat, we had one song that was a shuffle, Tears of the World, and we were struggling for a, a bit in the middle. And I said, uh, I'd only been in the band two weeks. I went, can I do an Afro-Cuban 6-8 in the middle? <laughs> they, what? <laughs> Afro-Cuban 6-8 in the middle? Just play it. So I play it's in there, it's on their album. Love so it. that's why I, it's another thing. I don't believe in styles of music. I believe that what you play fits what you're doing at the moment. So I'm playing Afro Cuban 6 8 in a classic rock band. So it doesn't make the Afro Cuban 6 8 Afro Cuban. It just makes that rhythm, syncopated rhythm, fit in a classic rock setting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I like all of the all of the rhythms, not styles, rhythms, and you apply them if they're needed with what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but I love that. That's, that's not drumming, that's a musician. Do you know what I mean? That's hearing yeah. what's right yeah. for the song as opposed to chess. Correct. But if you don't, if you're someone that's a bit naive to the fact that you can get something out of jazz or punk or, you know, reggae or whatever, if you don't open your ears up to all that, you haven't got those ingredients to put in yeah. that you might need that makes the song sound fucking great. I can't wait for the album now. What else? What's on this album? Any any um out there sort of rhythms? You thinking? Hang on, that shouldn't be in there. Shouldn't work, but it does. Oh, the Afro-Cuban six eights in there again. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing about it, the thing about it, it works in six eight. It works in four four. It works in shuffle. Anything triplet, you've got. And it's got such a swing about it that it can be half time, full time, but the way in which it goes to giggle, it allows that triplet feel to work. So it has its moment to to um, make a certain groove that you're going to play different. So just because you can't just keep going, you know what I mean? There's only one way yeah, to yeah. do that, yeah. you know, a shuffle. But when you're going, it just breaks it up a bit and gives it a, a flavor that's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. I love that. We're going to have to try a bit of that, Ron, I think. <laughs> I love I love Latin bass beats and stuff like yeah. that. We we um we did a demo in lockdown and that kind of starts with a bit of a like I said it to Shane. The first thing I said to him was, Can you feel the dance? Like and that's how I explain it to him because yeah. as as I was playing, it's got a like a like a snap to it, a dun dun da dun dun da. And I was like, you know, I can imagine people people kind of Boogieing, like you know, you just yeah. imagine that 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 fucking dance, like you know, mm. so or like you said, the head's got a bob or the foot's got a tap. Right. Um, mm. So yeah, I love stuff like that. Or, the, or good, the good, the good thing about bringing unusual rhythms in is it makes the other musicians yeah. Yeah, yeah, play yeah. something different, and that's the cool thing. Because if you don't bring in a rhythm that they don't know, you're left with what they only know. And it's what you've probably done before. But yeah. if you give them a different rhythm that they're not used to, it forces them to play a different part. And sometimes that is so cool. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. I get that. I mean, it's cool because I'm, I'm listening to you by there now. And I said it to Shane when we were speaking a few weeks ago. And he said, oh, Russell, come on. And I'm brilliant. I said, the first time I'd seen you wasn't actually in a band. It was, I remember a few years ago when you were doing the, the, the lessons on Sky. And oh, right. Yeah. I'm because I don't know because of my attention and stuff. I find it hard to watch stuff like that. But you were like straight away now. I can I can tell what you're saying, and I'm I'm zoned in on it. And you were mm. brilliant to watch on on that as well. How you came across because you're not. That's no dis- disrespect to a lot of drummers, but some of them are very they they're so theory based and it's quite um, clinical how they're speaking and mm. and everything's a little bit vanilla do, do you know what i mean i yeah. think that's the nicest yeah, do, way yeah. they're, they're incredible mm-hmm. at what they do but with you there's there's an excitement to how you're you're saying it and to anybody who's trying to improve or level up you're you're mm-hmm. engaged with that then because you're making mm-hmm. them feel excited like that's the best way i can i can explain it like so yeah to, to me the most important thing about any learning process is the engagement because if someone switches off, they're not going to do it. It's as simple as that. And I'm I'm known in the music business. I don't really know. I'm known in the music business as being the rebel of drumming. I'm afraid because I don't believe in rudiments. I learned them. I got taught them when I was a kid. I got the American Twenty Six Rudiments. But as a drummer, I'm afraid I only think there's two, which are singles and doubles, because everything else is a combination of. And I've been ridiculed by a certain amount of people over a lot of years about it. But it is it's simply a fact that it's all about singles and doubles. And I'm trying to channel people to realise that you need a small amount of technical ability that you focus on to create the big book. It's a small thing that creates the big thing. Instead of giving someone the big thing and they get the small thing amount out of it because it's too big for them to sort out. Mm-hmm. And if people get their heads round that you learn this to get that, it's a much easier concept for people to understand, oh, hang on a minute, I'd sooner learn one page to get good than 500 pages, right, to be have a nightmare with. And that's my philosophy. And the only reason I'm passionate about it is because it's what I did. I had the 500 pages, and it was an nightmare. I realised that it all came out of the one page, and I got better quicker, as a result, because if you've got two things to think about or 40 things to think about, which book are you going to pick up? Yeah. The one with two. Why would you pick up the one with 40? Because yeah. you don't need to have loads of info to be good. What you need is the right foundation to grow, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to make my enthusiasm is because I want people, it's hard enough as it is to learn any instrument even to sing well, to play the guitar well, to do anything well, it's hard. So if you can make it simple with great results, then people will buy into it, I feel, will buy into it easier than to make it a minefield of complications that they turn away from. Yep. Oh, mate, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. The fact that you've put that in literally layman's terms as well, you know, you're understanding Mm. what it takes in order to progress as a musician, um, what you said there. I remember watching you in, um, when we did the Cozy Powell bash with Bob. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you sitting behind the kit, but I was just, I was looking at you like, and just, you love every second of it. You're like, every hit, every, 
you know, he's, you, you just love it, dude. And, and oh, I love that when drummers, you know, I don't particularly mm-hmm. like drummers where they're just like, everything is perfect and it's just, they're barely moving. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, There's no vibe, is there? There's no vibe. I, I look yeah. at you and you're just having the best time, which makes me want to have the best mm. time. And um, I love that in musicians and that's in abundance with you, bro. Mm. No, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's something that I'm glad that it's actually in me. I couldn't, I couldn't actually play. If you asked me to play like that and stay like that, I couldn't do it because yeah. I can't feel music like that. Music makes me want to be more animated than that and I have to do it. And I certainly know that that feeds off to my musicians and feeds off to the audience. Yeah. Well, that's the whole job of being in a band to feed to your musicians and to connect with the audience. Why wouldn't you do it? But yeah. I understand as well that some people haven't got that, um, say, personality or flamboyancy in their uh, body. Um, that's no, not a put down, but I just feel as though it's a, perhaps a, a little bonus for me because I love it. I absolutely adore getting stuck into that audience. And, yeah, when it's aggressive, I get fucking aggressive. I'm telling them all the fucking shit's under the sun. And everything. But they get it. And when they get it, I get the vibe. I need to have them reacting to what I'm doing to make me get better, to them to react, for me to do that, for them to react. It's a snowball effect, isn't it? That's why we yeah. do it. Absolutely, yeah. bro. Have you have you got any tips as well for any drummers? Like, because obviously when when you met up with the Uriah Heap guys and stuff like that, is there any tips to when you're jo- joining a big band or how to how to to make an impression or? Yeah, preparation, preparation, preparation. Get your shit together, right? Mm. The Uriah Heap auditions for five songs to learn. I learned the whole live set. I'm the only one that did it. And I walked in there, did the audition. I said, I can do the live show tomorrow. (laughs) That's incredible. Because at the end of the day, most auditions, you get one shot. Yeah. Well, if you don't prepare yourself, you're not going to get another shot. (laughs) So what you've got to do, first of all, you have to have 100% confidence in what you've got to portray as yourself. So... The water line mustn't go there because you're going to make mistakes and you won't pass. The water line's got to be way down here so you can play with confidence and you know what it is you're going to do. You know the song's inside out so you're not struggling there because the more you know a song, the more you can relax and play and dig in. Um, And that air of authority as a drummer feeds to the other musicians. You get a drummer in there that Okay, mate, you're gonna, you, or oh, you're gonna count it. And okay, I'll wait for you. No, what? You want to tell me to count? Well, hang on a minute. I'll tell you where the beat is. One, two, one, two. You know what I mean? Because yeah. what they settle then, the rest of the band settles because you've taken command. It, it it boosts your confidence, but it boosts their confidence knowing that someone's really directing the ship and going to make it work solidly. Yeah. And if you understand your capabilities, technically wise, and you've got a great groove and you've got those other things I've just said, that's all part of the preparation you go in. It's no good going in, not knowing half the stuff, forgetting the arrangements, um, not being able to play a 
with heat, right? You wouldn't believe the amount of drummers who can play a double shuffle. You know why? Because they've got a weak hand. They can't go da 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 because their weak hand's not good enough. I mean, for goodness sake, it's a technical flaw. Well, there we go. If you're going to go for an audition, there shouldn't be no technical flaws. You're not going to get it, are you? It's quite yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, preparation, understanding, authority, confidence, go above and beyond. If you want that gig, you go above and beyond like I did. I learned the whole live set and learned five songs, and some of them didn't even do that. Well, what's that going to tell you? Yeah. Already I'm going to win the day just by saying I've learned the whole life set without playing. I'm going to win the day. Yeah, because it proves that I want it. Hey, that's the sort of answers you want from someone. Someone yeah. who really is into it and means it and wants it. So, Do you know what, dude? After listening to you talk now, I totally get why you know lockdown was so hard for you, bro. Because the way you're talking mm-hmm. about drumming and music, it's a mm-hmm. new, but it's like you could just mm-hmm. see how passionate you are, bro. Oh, I love it. Love it, man. <laughs> love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. So when is this album out then, Russ? Do we know yet, or...? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Maybe 2023. Right, okay. Um, Just logistics of record company, obviously they will decide on the correct time, but we've heard whispers of that. Just simply because I think what's happening is, don't forget our official 50th anniversary tour should have been 2020. Right. It was 70, 1970 when the band started officially. So the yeah. proper 50 years is 2020, but because of the COVID thing, it got postponed to 21, and because of 21, it's now postponed to 22. Yeah. So obviously there doesn't want to be a conflict of the 50th anniversary to the new album. I see. Yeah. Obviously there's always an ongoing uh, talk about trying to combine the two, but at the moment we're not quite sure exactly when the release date will be. We just want to get the, the album recorded where everyone's happy, then we can present it, and hopefully they can decide then on a format and a structure to try and release it a, a, a nice time to coincide possibly with the 50th or whenever they want to do it. Ah, fantastic, bud. Exciting times. I love it. Yeah. Music, yeah. Uh, but it's been an absolute... I just want to go... I just want to go... You know, it's not always about me. I just want to hear about you guys. I'm interested <laughs> in you guys. You guys are doing some great stuff at the moment. I am hearing a lot of great stuff uh, from you guys. And so what's in the pipeline with you? What's going on with your album and all these bits and pieces? Uh, thank you, man. Um, no, it's, um, it's going well, dude. Uh, we've, we're have already in the studio writing. Um, we're talking with producers, which one's going to come on board. Uh, so we're just sending off some demos to certain people and see who's, you know, getting the vibe and working out who we're going to work with. But, yeah, we've got several demos done. Um, new album probably next year, uh, released at some point. Um, and hopefully, you know, as you said, after COVID now, next year is going to be where we got a shitload of gigs and we can promote the hell out of this new record. Um, but, yeah, mm. it's, it's going very well, dude. Thank you for asking. Brilliant. And you, uh, um, I'd like to say, I hope all you guys stay like a great family as a band. Don't let anything interfere with your what you've got going on now, because obviously working, you want to keep that going. Ah, yeah, man, you, you hit the nail on the head, dude. We we we're, we're so aware of that, Russ. Um, 
it's a fucking hard game, dude, and you know what with this this industry we're in. So anything can tear you apart, literally. Like it could be the stupidest thing as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are so aware of that. But that's great advice, any bands out there. There's nobody so, when you go on the There's nobody more important than the, the members of your band in that room. Anybody else can right. go and disappear. Listen, when you go on the road, the whole dynamic of that person changes. You know what I mean? Because you're now living with them. And yeah. the personal habits, the real person comes out, everything like that. So to try and stop the habits that might irritate someone, you've always got to try and find things that just, you know, you can put away here and do that and put headphones on and do it. Because, you know, the things that upset so many bands, apart from musical differences, which can't help, is, you know, someone's habit that irritates you when you're on a six-week tour or a ten-week tour. So, yeah. you know, my, my greatest advice is, you know, love each other so much and the irritating bits, they can't help who they are, but just offset them so that it becomes a workable situation. Ah, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. Tremendous. Man. That's experience, it, yeah, right? yeah. That's That's, that's, ah, mate. That's spot on, Bob. On that's incredible, incredible. Brother, I can't I wait think... to share a glass of wine or a, a pint of beer with you. Are you drinking no. now, dude? That that glass of wine? Have we drunk it? Oh, has he gone? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh... But you know, no, no, you know, obviously I come to Wales a lot because of uh, my fantastic fiance Chris. So you know, hopefully. We might be able to get together for a lunch or whatever when we're up there next. It'd be great. You know, hang yeah. out, talk music. You know, yes. we love it. She she is an encyclopedia of music anyway. Um, and, you know, we'd have great fun. It'd be, it'd be great to catch up with you guys on a personal level and have a, have a, a chat and a dinner with a catch-up. Make uh, any time, honestly. Uh, and it's, like, like, as you know, there's some beautiful parts of Wales. So, yeah, nice oh, bit of lunch, nice stunning. glass of wine. Yeah. And um, yeah, we def- definitely will be picking your brains for uh, the do's and don'ts. And I think any band should do that. See, you should mm-hmm. never be afraid to ask a question or, oh. or to take advice. And and that's the only way we feel we can level up. We keep saying that any band that we play with, any band we, we're lucky enough to share a stage with, we're always looking what we can take away from that. Um, you know, what are they doing? What are they doing differently? What's their production doing? What's their looking always looking around seeing what what you can improve your own stuff with and and Definitely. keep moving keep moving it forward and like you said earlier most importantly is is staying together that's that's the main the main thing listen like, you know, in so. this business you can have everything one day and nothing the next and that's why you have to have great management you've got to be the strongest bond as a band and exactly what you said there you've got to take note of all the right things that uh, are going to keep you going on the the rise all the time Uh, because once you get knocked down mate, very few people come back once it's over Mm -hmm. so it's very important to write great music have lots of fun admire and adore your fans because without them you've got nothing treat your management like family because they should treat you like family and ride the roller coaster Russ that's incredible advice dude thank you so much you're a class act brother thank you so much for joining no us well, thank you for inviting me it's been fantastic real, real pleasure All right. enjoy your time with the boys mate get that week off and uh, 
Can't wait for that album, The Same as Shane. Now I really can't wait. Yeah. And I'll be listening out for that, that Cuban. I'll be listening out for that. <laughs> I hope you do. Listening out for that. Incredible. Pleasure, Russell. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Take you, care, brother. Cheers, Russ. Take care. Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!